Hey everybody, welcome to Cocktails and Scenes. I'm Wayne, and with me today, as always, is my man, Will Martin. My man, first episode of 2022, our second calendar year of Cocktails and Scenes. Congratulations, Wayne. Congratulations, Will. We were in this together. As the kids in High School Musical say, we're all in this together. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, well, of course, we're going to be talking movies today. Uh, specifically, we are talking our top 10 movies of 2021. Um, so it's kind of a weird year for movies. Uh, we're definitely going to get into it. But before we do that, we are going to talk cocktails because we can't will and i really can't talk without drinking first yeah not even uh, just about movies just in general we can't talk at all literally in general yeah. i i get froze up words are hard words are definitely hard without the alcoholic to lubricate the words <laughs> so right. what are you drinking um <clears throat> so i think we're probably on the same page that we're looking back on the year celebrating the new year so had to go with yeah. a champagne-based cocktail. Oh, yeah, champagne. Sure. Um, I went with a Paloma Mimosa. Ooh, what's that? Uh, so it's a mimosa, you know, like a Paloma would be with grapefruit juice. It's got champagne, tequila, uh, some fresh-squeezed lime, uh, a little touch of grenadine, mm-hmm. and uh, some grapefruit juice and garnished with the lime and a grapefruit, and... Uh, Tasted mighty fine. I did not know the difference between champagne and Prosecco. Oh, um, what is it? Until today. I guess it's like where they're, um, where it's from. So like champagne is more France and Prosecco is oh, Italy. Oh, yeah. That's the okay. Big, that's the big part of it. There's some other things about. Wait a second. This was on the first Wayne's World. It is? They talk about this? Yeah. Because he's uh, like. I don't remember. Did you know that champagne can only be called champagne if it's from the southern region of France? Yeah, it's, um, yeah, I did not know that. Um, I should have. It's in Wayne's World, but um, <laughs> probably forgot that bit. That's where Just a lot of my dude, ed- education like, comes from. So, yeah. I mean, that's where most of mine came from. So it's yeah. like, you know, it's very like B track on Wayne's World. You're going to have to watch it again. Just to oh, for find sure. Find all. For sure. But uh, yeah, uh, tastes great. Paloma Mimosa. Sounds good. Um, So I also went the route of celebrating 2021 being over, um, moving into a new year with Champagne. Um, But I also wanted to celebrate somebody this year that I is very near and dear to my heart. Mr. Uh, Timothy Chalamet and his three films that he did this year, which all three of them ended up on my list. Mm. Um, so I'm going to call this drink the Timothy Chalapane. <laughs> <laughs> when you said you were dedicating your drink to someone, I thought it was going to be like Saget or Betty White or something. <laughs> <But> nope. <laughs> no, fuck nope. them. They're dead. <laughs> Nope, no, we're know. talking about living people. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I took a kind of a rendition off what uh, a lot of bartenders call the black velvet, which is a imperial stout um, and champagne mixed together pretty much half and half. Um, 
I used a very special stout. I want to shout out to my friend Brian from Maine. Um, he provided me with uh, Old Rasputin, a barrel-aged imperial stout that I mixed with a cheap, cheap, cheap bottle of wine. Uh, champagne. Nice. Mm-hmm. And um, surprisingly, it's not bad. Uh, it actually takes the edge off the stout and makes you really want to... I've, I've already had three of them, so... <laughs> There we go. <laughs> there we Here go. Here we go. Here we go. So talking about 2021, uh, it was a weird kind of movie year. Um, we had some kind of a, some new breaking uh, kind of trends in the movie genre and the movie world where it, we were releasing movies both in theaters and streaming services. Yeah. Um, Will, did you think that was a good idea that that happened? Are you kind of happy with with the fact that they're offering this in some yeah some form? Yeah, it's interesting. In some, in a lot of ways, you know, I think a lot of the movies you think twenty twenty would be the weirder movie year, right? But in a lot of ways, it's actually twenty twenty one because you have the movies that got delayed in twenty twenty that got pushed mm-hmm. to twenty twenty one. You said, mm-hmm. like you said, you have these hybrid releases. Um, Overall, I think as far as the hybrid model, I think it depends on the movie. I think they're starting sure. to realize that, like, you know, Marvel. Yeah, at first Marvel's it was all like, oh, yeah. we're going to do it. It's going to be yeah. like both in theaters and streaming. And then, yeah, I, I, I think I think they're realizing that bigger blockbusters like I think Dune. If they could mm. take that back, would only go to theaters. Um, yeah. But then, you know, there's movies like um, this movie didn't make my list but it almost did there was a movie uh steven soderbergh uh no sudden move that oh, i yeah. really really liked a lot it just missed my list don Cheadle. uh it came out uh-huh. on hbo it bombed in theaters so like yeah. you know i think it's a perfect movie like you know like that that should kind of use that hybrid i think sure. the last duel probably wished that they did that sure. um another Ridley movie scott that, doesn't wish that but yeah i'm sure he doesn't <laughs> an asshole but um yeah it's uh it's been an interesting movie, an interesting year in movies in my mind. Honestly, a pretty weak year in movies. Yeah, I, I mean think, that was that was something I was going to bring up. Was that yeah, I I think I have a lot of movies void. on this. Yeah, I think I have a lot of movies on this list that I like, don't love, and that mm. I wouldn't have on my list in other years. And we'll we'll talk more about that. But but I did actually think that the. Popcorn movies had a strong year, not only just in box office and in your face, mm-hmm. but I thought the popcorn movies were actually very strong this year. Um, yeah. And not just that. And I have a couple on my list, but we'll get into it. But yes, totally a bizarre year to start a movie podcast. <laughs> That's for <Right>. sure. <laughs> <laughs> but we did it, dude. Yeah. We did it. We're at yeah. episode 31 and we made it a year. Um, are you really surprised of the lack of of uh pandemic themed movies uh they're coming they're coming uh um, we gotta we gotta let the pandemic settle down a little bit and then we can yeah and then we can like start sprinkling those in a little bit more yeah they're they're coming don't you worry it's still kind of weird anytime like tv shows incorporate it into yeah we TV just started shows. watching station 11 on hbo oh, yeah, yeah. with mackenzie like davis post pandemic yeah apocalyptic yeah, yeah. it's all right I, i'm not sure how i feel about it yet we're still early on in it but it's all it, it kind of is tough to watch at times because it's just like you're got pandemic fatigue a little bit so um 
we'll see. But yeah, I, I think some of those are coming, unfortunately. But um, we shall see. A lot of people thought Don't Look Up was kind of nodding to the pandemic. But yeah, yeah, I would say it, 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 it was yeah. written before, though. I think I think it's just, you know, a commentary on Yo, the world yeah. in general. But yeah, uh, I mean, I think that if we were to talk, don't look up for a second. It, yeah, it's it's for sure like a, a five to ten year span of time that we're looking at, not just the last year. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, all right, man. Well, uh, we talked drinks. Um we are going to start our lists, and uh, for you guys, we did an entire ten movies this year. We're gonna—I promise you, this is not gonna be a four-hour podcast. We are gonna go through them very fast, but you know, Will and I like to talk, especially when it's uh, you know brought on by these delicious drinks. So we're gonna get into it. Um, don't forget to uh, follow us on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, Facebook, give us a shout out, message us, PM us, send us to your friends, all that fun stuff. The Twitters, the Facebooks, the life that we live. Also, one other thing, we uh, Mm -hmm. are in the process of of getting some merch, some Mm -hmm. t-shirts, some cool glasses. So, um trying to figure out like how much we should order and everything so if you guys do want like a t-shirt a glass or something that you you know would buy not going to break the bank um shoot us a message just let us know um and hopefully we get those out uh first part of this year yeah that is a good point man we are will and i are definitely in the hunt for merch we've got a lot of great ideas for the podcast merch so again let us know uh DM us and tell us what you would like if there was something related to the show. Related to the show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I went full McConaughey on that last line. All right. So we're talking top. 10 movies of 2021 and we are of course gonna start with will martin on this give us your number 10 okay wayne lawler um i will (laughs) we're using two names now um yeah and i'm with you this is totally just going to be more of a list than anything we don't want to go into too many spoilers of these movies because these movies are very new maybe some of you haven't seen these movies some more of a Mm -hmm. A recommendation, I guess, and, you know, a brief synopsis on it. But, uh, you know, a couple of these movies we've covered, but a couple are newer. And uh, so more of a list should be a quick one today. But um, I'll start it off with Mr. Chalamet at number 10. Um, I have The French Dispatch as my number 10 favorite movie of the year. Um, Wes Anderson movie. Um, If you like Wes Anderson movies, you will like it. If Mm. you don't, you will not. Um, mm-hmm. so Royal Tenenbaums, Life Aquatic, Rushmore, mm-hmm. yeah, Darjeeling Limited, uh, you know, the list goes on and on. Um, yep. if you like those movies, you will like it. If you don't, you will really not because it is the Wes Anderson of the Wes Anderson. It of is Wes Anderson. 100% it, Wes Anderson, baby. Yeah. I listened to someone that said he had his head up his ass the other day and I can't even argue with that. <laughs> I can't argue with that either. I can't argue with that. It is not my favorite Wes Anderson movie. It's not even my, it, 
may not even be in my top three or four Wes Anderson movies. But again, uh, this is one of those movies I'm talking about that in a stronger movie year, this probably doesn't crack my top 10. I thought it was sure good. Not great. The movie is, um, it's coined as a love letter to journalists. And within the movie, there's kind of three stories from a newspaper that they kind of play on. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a love letter to the old, but it's that old kind of like idea of what writers do. Like, like this is what we would, we would think of like, Ooh, journalists, writers, like this is what they do. This is the crazy life they have. And yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very entertaining. And again, it's got the Wes Anderson quirkiness. Um, it's, it's got his normal cast of characters, Bill Murray, uh, mm-hmm. Francis McDormand, uh, Adrian Brody, Owen Wilson. It's got a mm-hmm. great cast. Uh, highlight for me is Adrian Brody in this movie and, uh, Benicio del Toro. They're actually part of the same story, which I think is the strongest of the, the three stories within the movie. Um, but again, worth seeing if you're a Wes Anderson fan. He's one of my favorite directors out there. And I know Wayne and I were both looking forward to this. We both just recently saw this in the, mm-hmm. in the last month. But uh, yeah, French Dispatch, my number 10. That's a good pick, man. Very good pick. Um, so I'm going to go uh, full streaming for my uh, number 10. And I am going to call out Mr. Tom Hanks in Finch a Apple TV plus original movie. Um, it is directed by Miguel Sapochnik um, and is really just Tom Hanks and a dog and a robot. Like I can't really, there's not really anybody else in this movie, literally. Um, yeah. Some of the things I loved about this movie uh, was of course, Tom Hanks is just like mesmerizing on screen. You can watch him for hours. Talk about, I don't know how mold grows, but in this movie, he plays, um, a, uh, creator that creates this robot to protect the, the love of his life, which is Will and I's favorite thing is a little puppy dog. Um, and, uh, he also teaches this robot along this journey that they have to take about, uh, love, life, friendship, what it means to be human. Um, it's just a really just feel good movie. Um, it's PG 13. So you don't have to worry about crazy zombies or into the post-apocalyptic normal stuff. Um, it's actually a very realistic glimpse into the future that we have. Uh, but just all around good watch, feel good story. And, uh, Tom Hanks kills it. And the dog is of course, awesome. Nice. Uh, I haven't seen it. Uh, it's been on Definitely my list. Definitely a good watch, man. It's been yeah. one of those. It's been, you know, you have that movie that's just like sitting on your watch list forever. Oh, yeah. Tell me fin- about it. Finch <laughs> is that movie for me. Have you seen that meme that's like uh, movies that have been on my watch list for six months and they're like <laughs> off in the corner and it's like movies I just found out about three minutes ago and it's like <laughs> the person's hugging him. And- I totally can get that. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Yeah. That's 100%. Uh, it's Apple TV, right? Yeah, that, yeah, that's on. Apple TV. Yeah, yep. I, I should have mentioned now. we we want to mention what these uh, these movies are on. French Dispatches, just video on demand now. It was you know mm. in theaters for a while. Video on demand, I think it's like five bucks. You probably have to pay for it on demand somewhere. Um, not on any streamers just yet. Um, 
All right, my number nine. Um, my number nine is a movie that I have a couple movies that I've actually just seen in these last couple weeks, but were wow. released in 2021. And this movie we just really recently saw, and it's a movie called Zola. Okay. Um, it's a very interesting premise. It's actually based off of a tweet thread um, from this woman in Detroit who was a stripper. And mm-hmm. the whole story is she's she meets uh, a friend uh, th- through a club and she's like, hey, come down and dance with me mm-hmm. in Florida. Let's take this road trip. We can make a lot of money at this club. Mm-hmm. And they go with the girl's boyfriend and a mysterious roommate who ends up being the other girl's pimp. Um, oh, shit. So and it's a real story. Um, and it's all just a based traditional, on a, traditional story, a, a traditional story based off of her tweets, which is very cool. Like after you watch the movie, um, you go like we, Lauren and I went back and like read the tweet thread of what it's based mm. on and it's so spot on. It's so great. Um, for succession fans, Nicholas Braun, cousin Greg, the egg is in this movie <laughs> and he is great. Um, movies directed by uh, Janiska Bravo, uh, and it's written by her as well. And again, based off of uh, that tweet thread, um, star- stars Taylor Page as Zola. She's the title character, and uh, Riley Keogh, who is actually Elvis Presley's granddaughter. Um, oh wow! Yeah, very interesting movie. Um, it is on Showtime right now. If you have Showtime, you can stream it mm-hmm. there. Um, it's an A twenty four movie. It's really quick to watch. It's like an hour and twenty minutes. Um, and it's streaming uh, it's on Showtime. That's how I like it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it was very, very entertaining. Uh, give it a little bit to kind of get going. Um, mm. but, uh, you know, it, like I said, it, it goes fast and, uh, really, really enjoyed Zola as my number nine movie of the year. Yeah, man, this looks really interesting in the same vein as, uh, like you said, Euphoria. Um, yeah. And, uh, it's kind real. It reminds me of Spring Breakers a little bit too. It's pretty real life at times. It's it's yeah, yeah. it's like it's tough. There's also a lot of uh, male nudity. If you want to see some gross looking dicks, then mm. uh, this is the movie for you. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> I'll sign me up. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that was your number nine. My number nine is going to be. Harder They Fall, a uh, Netflix streaming movie um, by James Samuel, came out in November. It's basically uh, Black Cowboys, and they have said that several times, so I'm not going to get in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know you watched this yet. I know I I I said I... Yeah, dude, I got it in right at like the last I actually got up early this morning to watch it because this was one of the ones that I was kind of really look forward to see I'm a huge fan of westerns Um, you know me historical period piece dramas is my jam Um, so love it Uh, when an outlaw discovers his enemy is being released from prison he reunites his gang and seeks revenge in this western of course it's a classic western tale uh, full of some great freaking actors we've Ugh. got jonathan majors zaziz beats um idris elba uh we have got so many big names in this regina movie. king regina king regina king might be the best part of the movie yeah she's great oh she's so good man yeah um and then my my man uh lakeith stanfield 
Uh, he yep. is just, I love every character that he plays. He plays a character called Cherokee Bill. Um, great movie. I loved kind of the, uh, the modern take on a Western, uh, really, really good movie. Yeah. Um, on yeah. my list. I loved it. I, I'm going to regret leaving it off my list, I think, and because I think mm. it's going to age and very easy to watch movie. It's one of those like Westerns that's pretty like easy to follow. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's made by the performances. Everyone's good. Idris Elba is a bad guy. Is great. Um, Jonathan Majors, I think, is one of the best up and coming young actors. I uh, agree with you on that. Jonathan Majors. Yeah, is doing he's going to really be in a lot of Marvel movies moving forward. He's mm-hmm. like the next big bad guy. See at the end of Loki there. Um, Zazie Beetz. I love her. Um, yep. And yeah, Regina King. I, it sounds like maybe they might make a sequel based on like the very end. With that's Regina what I King. heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which uh, you know could work. We'll see. But um, yeah, I'm with you. I love this one and uh, streaming on Netflix. But yeah, I think it was like it's on my honorable mention list here. But oh yeah, I, know. I might I, so I might regret those. leaving this one off. I really like it too. <laughs> <clears throat> um, so that was my number nine. We're gonna move on to Will's number eight. A movie I saw last night. Oh, shit. Licorice Pizza. Uh, wow. See, so I was wondering if this was going to make your list. Yeah, not a perfect movie. And kind of okay. like we talked about French Dispatch with Wes Anderson. This is not is PTA my PTA coming? Yeah, it's not my favorite Paul Thomas Anderson movie, but it's very Paul Thomas Anderson-y. Okay. Um, and yeah, it's not my favorite. You know, I, you know, I'm impartial to... A master, uh, there will be blood, boogie nights. So, mm-hmm. um, there's some movies I like better of, of his, but very, very good. Um, good performances. Alana Haim really in her, uh, Haim in her, in her film debut. Um, the whole band is actually in it. Yeah. Uh, all the sisters they play, uh, <laughs> they actually play sisters. Oh, I was wondering if they, she was going to bring in the other sisters. Yeah. They're, they're, they, they play her sisters and her real life parents actually play her parents. Oh the whole, my God. The whole family's there. Wow. Whole family's yeah, there. The whole family's there. Um, but the, the highlight is, uh, Cooper Hoffman, Sean, uh, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's son. Um, wow. He is the the lead male in it. Um, he is such a great dorky fifteen year old character. <laughs> um, what I didn't know about the movie, and you know, it's this love story between Alana Kane and Gary Valentine, who's played by Cooper Hoffman, is that he's fifteen and she's twenty five. Uh, and I <laughs> like in not, real life, or no, in the, in the movie, in the movie, uh, okay. which I did not know. That's okay. Um, she's the she's one of those college girls. You know? <laughs> yeah, they actually meet like in line. The very first scene of the movie, she's like, she's working for like the the company that takes like the school pictures. So he's getting to yeah, get, yeah. get his school picture taken, and uh, so kind of like I said about uh, French Dispatch. If you like Paul Thomas Anderson movies, I think you'll really like this. I do not care for Sean Penn has a glorified cameo that I don't yep. think is that great. Uh, not entirely sure it was needed. Um, on the other hand, Bradley Cooper has a a small role that is very, very good and very entertaining. I was going to ask you about it because based yeah. on just the trailers, I haven't been able to see it yet. I think that Bradley Cooper's character looked the most interesting or at least they put the most effort into his character. Yeah, it's a glorified cameo. He's not in it very long at all. The movie, I mean, 95% of the movie is the two leads. Um Cooper Hoffman and Alana Heim. Um, But 
Bradley Cooper's part is entertaining. Uh, Again, this one's new to me, so I'm I'm wanting to see how this one ages. I could like it better. I could kind of like it worse, but I really enjoyed it. Last night I was in a theater by myself (laughs) watching it, uh, (laughs) but I'd wanted to see this one for a while. I I will say I I did think I was going to like it better. It just seemed like my type of movie, and I really like Paul Thomas Anderson, so I was a tad bit disappointed just because of high expectations, but... um, Sure. It was it was very good, entertaining. Um, two strong leads. Recommend it. Licorice Pizza still in theaters. Nowhere streaming yet. Nowhere video on demand yet. Uh, but mm. Licorice Pizza is my number eight. This is a good pick, man. I was wondering what your synopsis of that was going to be when you text me. Yeah, you were going to see it last night. Um, it's definitely on my list. Uh, PTA movies are always on my list. Um, he's such a such a good director. But I did feel the same way you did probably when I first saw this trailer. It seems kind of outside of his norm of, or at least what he's, you know, done in the last several years. I mean, we've got these epics like, like There Will Be Blood and uh, yeah. you know, he did the Phantom Thread, which was, it's, I mean. It's hard I, to explain though, but like the movie feels this, like you can still tell that those movies are. Paul Thomas mm. Anderson movies. I'm dying at the fact that you're chugging out of the champagne bottle right now, too, by the way. What else called am I going to do, dude? Called out. <laughs> you got me, <laughs> you dude. thought you were just going to get away with it. Uh, yeah, it feels like a Paul Thomas Anderson movie, but I get you. Like, those movies should be very different. I mean, you look at the list yeah. of all the movies he's directed, uh, and that's why I think he's such a strong uh, director. Um, I, I totally agree with you. You know, that. you have like Punch Drunk Love, which I guess is probably a more mm-hmm. apt comparison to this as far as like a love story and quirk, okay. quirky, gotcha. weird love. But um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I definitely uh, I'm interested to hear what uh, what you think when you see it. Well, you know, it's interesting that he chose one of the sisters from Haim to be in it because he's actually directed several of their music oh, like videos all of their music he's yeah yeah he's he's been you know with them for a while now doing a bunch of stuff and i'm a big fan of them too the band i've seen them live a couple oh of times. yeah yeah they're great of course you have yeah mr live man yeah mr live man uh yeah me and uh <laughs> yeah me and my buddy well actually the last time i was in texas before this we actually saw them in austin um oh yeah that'd be awesome yeah austin it was cool to see um, aim yeah it was cool they they put on a good show they're very talented musicians particularly uh danielle who's the uh the middle child and she's like the lead mm. singer they all kind of sing but she's she's definitely the lead singer lead guitar player um and she's actually a smaller part in this but her acting's very good too yeah, um, she's wow. kind of like her like stoned out middle sister and um, <laughs> small role, but she's she's really good in it, too. And uh, yeah, licorice pizza. That's great. Licorice pizza, which I still don't know why it's named that. Actually, I, I was going to ask you. I, is I, I there, don't know. I don't know. Do we find out why it's called? Licorice not pizza? in the movie. I'm sure there's a reason. I'll, I'll look it up while we're talking here. But uh, mm. I meant to look that up when I got home last night. I still don't know. Well, we'll just pretend like we know that it was in the movie because every time I think of that, I think black licorice just all over a pizza and how <laughs> disgusting that would be. Yep. Licorice <laughs> in general. Disgusting. Licorice in general. Um, I got way too drunk on Jaeger, so I can't even eat. I can't even drink Jaeger anymore. So black licorice to me is just gone. Let's just kill it. It's done. Um. All right. So... 
My number eight is one we've already mentioned. Um, the French Dispatch came out in October. Wes Anderson movie. It's a very Wes Anderson movie. Theater only. Um, what surprised me about this movie is how low it was on my list. It did make my list. Um, but honestly, as a huge Wes Anderson fan, yeah. like, that was Wes Anderson. If you look, if I look back at my life and I say, what were the things that caused me to make movies when I was a kid and like try film school? Wes Anderson was one of the reasons. Yeah. Um, because of Rushmore, because of the Royal Tenenbaums, because of Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou, like all of these movies like influence just how I wanted to be as a director. Like I loved Wes Anderson. Yeah. French dispatch. I feel like went to Wes Anderson. It was too much, too much, too often. Um, I loved the story, the stories. Um, actually you said your favorite was the one with, uh, Benicio and Adrian Brody. Yeah, exactly. Brody and Benicio. Um, my favorite was actually the one, uh, about the chef and the, uh, food reporter. Excellent story. Don't forget about Leah Seydoux in that story. Oh, oh Jesus. I'm just leave it at that. Let's just talk Interesting. Um, you see her butt cheeks. Um, Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> I thought, um, man, we said no spoilers. Damn it. Um, oh, son of a bitch. Anyway, um, continue. Anyway, so this is this uh, Jeffrey Wright, his Roebuck Wright character, um, who was kind of brought on to the French Dispatch newspaper as uh, kind of a courtesy by Bill Murray's character. I really loved Bill Murray's character in this movie. Yeah, same. I, I feel like if there was any characters that weren't so Wes Anderson, it was Bill Murray's character. I feel like, like you could, you could pick out him anywhere. Yeah. Um, and his, his, the, the actual movie, the love story to the writers is Bill Murray. Like we yeah. are literally living inside of Bill Murray's character who the only reason he still continues to, manage that newspaper is because how much he loves writing yeah yeah and it's great that all the stories kind of tie back to him because mm. you know it's not a spoiler you'll see this in the first 30 seconds of the movie like it's also there's three stories and there's also his obituary he's the, right. the writer of the paper and so they tie about that and those are some of the best scenes in the beginning where they're oh, all yeah. talking in the the office and anytime <laughs> someone has an idea they're like chattering the backstops and yeah 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 uh, it's, it's great <laughs> oh i have a thought yeah it's uh <laughs> yeah it, it's some very wes anderson humor though the part that surprised me the most is that i the story i like the least was chalamet and francis mcdormand which honestly I, I was the same yeah which i, I would have guaranteed i thought i would have liked the best but uh, adrian brody is just too funny in this movie he's I mean, he, he, you know, in the last Wes Anderson movie, um, which was, I'm going for you, Will. Uh, sorry. I didn't know. Grand Grand Budapest. Budapest. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. Okay. So Adrian Brody's character in Grand Budapest Hotel kind of set him up for this one. I feel like because 
in Grand Budapest Hotel, he was one of my favorite characters. Like he yeah. was hilarious in that. Yeah, movie. he's also great in Darjeeling too. Like he's in and Darjeeling yeah. exactly. And we could talk about Darje- Darjeeling um, and its influence and the reason it was even written. Um, you know, I was glad. Let's just say I was glad to see Owen Wilson come back for even just a second in this movie. Yeah, he he's he belongs in Wes Anderson movies. He does. Um, if any, if if you guys don't know, Wes Anderson and the Wilson brothers. There's three of them, by the way. Wes Anderson and the Wilson brothers grew up going to a private military academy in Texas. They all know each other, um, which is why you see them all act together. In fact, uh, Wes Anderson's first movie, Bottle Rocket, um, has all three of the brothers in it. Um, Luke, Owen, and the other brother that I don't even know his name, but he's in there. He's the coach. Um, he's, the, so, he's the Billy Baldwin of the Wilson brothers. Exactly. He's yeah. Billy Baldwin. Frank Stallone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they all sound the same, by the way. They all freaking sound the same. Um, so that's where a lot of his influence comes from, is his uh, where he grew up in Texas and... You know, even Owen Wilson helped write a lot of Royal Tenenbaums, and he mostly wrote Darjeeling Limited, and it was all based on his, you know, uh, kind of running with suicide. And yeah. uh, it was just a really good movie. I could talk about Wes Anderson and and his stuff for quite a while. But getting back to French Dispatch, it wasn't. It was too much, and it had it didn't have a whole lot of depth to me. But I will put it on my list. Andrew Wilson, by the way. Andrew Wilson. Andrew. Andrew, Andrew Wilson. Andrew yep. Wilson. Thank you. Uh, all right. Number seven, uh, Dune. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about this one later. Wait a, wait a, wait a second. <laughs> this, this is seven? Seven. I thought you would be surprised I even had it on the list, honestly. I, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm double surprised right now. This one, uh, Dune's grown on me. Um, I do think it's a flawed movie in some senses. We had a whole episode about it. <laughs> you can go back and listen to it. Um, I wish it was its own. I, I wish that it didn't just be so much of a prologue. That's my big complaint about it. But yeah. I get it. It it has to be in a lot of senses, um, but it's really grown on me. I really like Dune. I've now seen it three times. Um, mm-hmm. Denis Villeneuve, it's beautiful. Again, my other complaint was that he sometimes tries to use imagery a little bit too much, and mm-hmm. um, I know this is going to be very high on your list, so I'm sure we'll talk <laughs> about it a lot more then. So let's just move on. Dune is my number seven. I really, really liked it. Uh, it's grown on me. I like it more... I've liked it better each time I've seen it. I'll put it that way. Ah, well, that's good to know. Yeah. That's good to know. It makes me feel good. Um, well, yeah, we will talk about this later. <laughs> so number seven for me was Shang-Chi in The Legend of the Ten. Seven? Seven. How many rings does Shang-Chi have? <laughs> Sounds like you really liked it. <laughs> <laughs> ten. Ten. He got ten. Ten. All right. Shang-Chi got those ten rings. Yeah. You want to save this one? We'll talk about it later, I'm sure. Okay. We'll talk about this one later. Yeah. Absolutely. But number seven was a Shang-Chi. We have an episode dedicated to Shang-Chi. Had a high 
high review from both of us. Yeah. Uh, streaming on Disney Plus now. You can watch it too in like the IMAX version, which is pretty cool. Like if, especially oh, wow. if you have like that a crazy. bigger yeah. TV, like you can do the IMAX yeah. enhanced version of it, which is pretty cool. So that gives us, uh, we are down to number six right now for you. Yeah, number six is another movie I've watched recently. Uh, Mr. Nicholas Cage in the movie Pig. Wow. I didn't even think this was going to make your list. This is crazy. Have you seen it or no? I have not seen it, no. Uh, yeah, it's great. Um, I was blown away by it. So uh, Nicholas Cage stars as a truffle hunter. He's a former chef who uh, his wife dies um, and now he just lives kind of in the woods in Oregon and hunts truffles with his pet pig. That's what I would do. Yeah. And um, the pig gets kidnapped and he has to go into the city into Portland to find his kidnapped pig who is his beloved now that his wife has passed away. God bless you. Yes. God bless you, Nicholas so, Cage, for going that journey. As weird as this movie sounds, it's it's not that weird. It's actually a pretty cool okay. story. Um, Nicholas Cage, Alex Wolf. It's directed by Michael Sarnowski, his first big feature film. But oh wow, uh, just was in the news this week because Krasinski was so blown away by the movie, he tapped him to direct Quiet Place Part Three. Wow. Yeah. Um, wow. And when you watch this movie, you will see why. Um, okay. It is streaming on Hulu. Nicolas Cage is awesome in it. And not even mm-hmm. just like, he's weird. He's Nicolas Cage. He's always going to be weird. Um, but mm-hmm. he's, he's, it's a very strong performance. Um, Alex Wolf is kind of the second lead. Um, he's a good young actor. You probably maybe best know him. He was, uh, he played Joe Carsarnov in the dumb Boston Marathon movie. Um, but he's also oh, in the, yeah, yeah. the new Jumanji movies. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, extremely good movie, very emotional movie, good performance by Nicolas Cage, great directorial debut by Alex Sarnowski streaming on Hulu. Pig is my number six. Well, that was a good pick man for number six. Um, my number six is one uh, that you are not going to agree with whatsoever. Uh, here we go. The Green Knight. About to fall asleep just even fucking thinking about it. Can we just like, I don't know. I feel like we're pretending with some of these movies that just because they're <laughs> artsy, they need to be up there. This is what? not pretending. Why dude. Can't, I really love this movie. Why can't fucking uh, like, why can't Shang-Chi win an Oscar? But fucking this dumb movie can just because it's <laughs> artsy. Give me a break. <laughs> Because, dude, it's artsy. Yeah. Because it's art. It's art on screen. Ugh. Ugh. I love this movie. Sucks. By Don't the way. see it. Don't see it. Boring. Uh-uh. uh-uh. No, it's not boring, <laughs> dude. <laughs> Just let me get it out. Let me get it out of my system, Will. La, 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 la. I'm kidding. <laughs> kidding. Go ahead. Ear- earmuffs, Will. Earmuffs. Uh, yeah, so... I love this movie. July, David Lowry, A24, theater only. Um, I love this movie. It was a, uh, well, I'm going to make fun of myself a little bit. It was a cinephile's wet dream to watch this movie. (laughs) It was everything you possibly think of to reference some concept. 
that they were trying to like get across to you. If it was not the costumes, it was the effects, it was the camera angles, it was the story, it was the characters, it was the costumes, it was everything. It was the acting. I loved this movie. I loved this movie. Um, it would, didn't make it too far on my list because I feel like it's very specific. It's not for everybody. But I loved this movie. Um, I thought it was great. And that's all we have to talk about, The Green Knight. Uh, yeah. Um, Barry Cogan's in it, and he's great. He's one of my favorite young actors. So Yeah, he's a good one. Rumor to maybe play the Joker um, in Batman, so we'll see. I could do that. I, yeah. could, I could be down with that. Um, yeah, that's about all I have to say about Green Knight. Great. Okay, moving on. So you're number five. My number five is mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the power of the dog. <sighs> nice. Uh, streaming on Netflix. It's a, a big Oscar contender this year. Um, just it came out in December on Netflix. Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, Jesse Plemons, uh, his wife Kirsten Dunst, uh, Cody uh, McFeesh. I don't know how to mm-hmm. say his name. Um, Hold on, I want to get this one right. Cody Smith McPhee um, mm-hmm. is uh, he's getting a lot of Oscar buzz for actually a Best Supporting Actor nom. Um, I would that's who I would say. Yeah, would be my pick. seems like he's the leader in the clubhouse. Um, this is based on a novel by Thomas Savage, written uh, the script and uh, it's directed by Jane Campion. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is incredible in this movie. Phenomenal. Uh, phenomenal. Phenomenal. Oh, I didn't know you watched this too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, um, Jamie and I watched this. Yeah. Super good. Um, some unexpected things towards the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Slow burn. If you've ever watched a slow burn movie, if you don't like slow burn movies, not for you. <sighs> um, but I love slow burns, man. I do. Uh, I'm not a Kirsten Dunst fan at all. She's great in this as a crumbling yeah. alcoholic. Uh, Dude, it's like real life. Really, really good. Um, yeah. The last scene of the movie is very powerful. That's all I'll say. I'll leave it at that. Um, it definitely Just to is. give you a synopsis about the movie, um, there's two rancher brothers who live um, on a ranch together, uh, Cumberbatch and Jesse Plemons. Jesse Plemons um, brings home a new wife, Kirsten Dunst, along with her son, who's played by Cody Smith and McPhee. Um, mm. and the lead rancher, Phil, uh, who's played by Cumberbatch kind of resents them and, mm-hmm. and kind of, y'all be messing on my farm. <laughs> this is my lamp. Yeah. You're not going to tell me to dog. bathe before oh, dinner. Yeah, um, tell me to. But yeah, I, uh, I really recommend this movie a lot, but again, it's one of those movies that it's a preferred taste. It, it's slow burn Western. If mm. you like that. Um, I really enjoyed this. But part. it has a lot of contemporary themes to it, though. Sure does. So, sure, sure does. does. Loyalty, family, mm-hmm. um, yep. love. There's a lot here. <laughs> love. love. <laughs> I got your back, love, to quote our boy John Mayer. <laughs> <laughs> I got y'all back. So, um, my number five, Power of the Dog. That's a good one, man. Um, is Jesse Plemons, uh, is, is he married to? Yeah, he's married to Kirsten Dunst. Yep. 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 So real life, 
husband wife I, shit I, he's not in it that much weirdly no he's not he's really. like the first like 10 50 minutes is like all about him and cumberbatch yeah, and then yeah. he's he you know he's in it here and there from there but he's he doesn't have a large role um for no, particularly an actor his size but um he's, he's getting it but uh you know cumberbatch and mcphee and dunst uh for sure it's it, yeah. great performances it, it's a really enjoyable movie it is. It is. Um, definitely get ready. Uh, bring the Kleenexes. It's a big, powerful ending. Be ready. Um, so we're looking at a lot of like powerhouses. That's you know, the Oscars are coming up a little bit late this year, but they're coming up, and yep. we're gonna be we're gonna start seeing some streaming services like direct to streaming movies start to pop up on there. Don't you think, Will? Yeah, for sure, for sure, and. Uh, I think for the next you know couple months you'll hear a lot about these Oscar movies and you'll see a lot of them streaming. Um, we are going to do an Oscars episode like we did last year. Preview yep. it. Say that we, little tiny golden man. Little tiny golden man. Second annuals. We'll do that in a bit. But uh, yeah, power of the dog. My number four. Number sorry, four. Number five. Number five. Number five. Number five. Number okay. Five. Yeah. Right. You're number right. five. Let's let's not short me too much here. Um. All right. So number five for me is going to be a limited theater release and Netflix don't look up December, uh, directed by Adam McKay. Uh, we kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier in the episode. Um, yeah, but this is high on my list because I do feel like even though probably this was written a couple years ago and it spreads over, you know, probably a five year period of time of like references from people. This was the slap in the face to reality of like what we're dealing with right now. And it put it in perfect perspective, probably too much perspective, I would say of how we handled this situation that we're in now. Um, and did it hilariously. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, Meryl Streep, Kate Blanchett, Rob Morgan, Jonah Hill, Tyler. Pr- Should I go on? I mean, like, yeah, Jesus. insane cast, insane cast, insane cast. Uh, Meryl Streep and Jonah Hill are my new power couple. Uh, love them. Should probably be in everything. Um, great energy. Great movie. Will, what are your thoughts on this? I liked it. I I had issues with it. I didn't like it as much as you did for sure and yeah. how a lot of other people did. When the movie was at its best, it was hilarious. Like yeah. some of these jokes in this movie landed with me more than a lot of jokes landed for me this year. It was very, very funny at yeah. times. I thought the Chalamet mm-hmm. stuff was great. Um, some Which of the, was a lot of improv, by the way. Yeah, Kate Blanchett's my favorite part of the movie. Um she oh, is yeah, she's so good. so good in this. Um Jonah Hill's funny. I think it kind of gets old quick a little bit. The first yeah. scene in the Oval Office, he's hilarious. I, I think it plays out, and that's kind of my complaint, I guess, of the whole movie. I think it just gets old quick. I I don't sure. I don't know if a like two and change hour satire movies entirely for me. I get it. Uh, that's the thing. Eventually, with this mm. movie, I'm like, I get it. I, I get what this is. I get it. Um, sure. And I, I like. Well, it. that's been that's been our our complaint with a lot of movies lately is we don't need to go two and a half hours. Yeah, particularly with something like this. That's like cut it back an hour. Yeah, I, I agree. You know what I think is really funny? They do these like uh, on Netflix, like those like hour long like 
uh, mm. fake documentaries about like uh, they yeah. did one about COVID and all that. That's what I felt yeah. like this could have been. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, very well could have. <laughs> and I think they're very, very funny. And uh, yeah, so, you know, I, I liked it. There was, you know, it was a star-studded cast. Actually filmed in Boston, uh, in the Boston area, a lot of it. Um, oh, really? Yeah, some spots I, I recognized actually watching it. But um, yeah, it was it was good. Not not in consideration for me in the top ten. Gotcha. Um, well, for Will, Kate Blanchett was a standout actress for him. To me, uh, Mark Rylance, who played, uh, he was really good too. Very so good. good. Yeah. Like you could probably take every single billionaire we have on this planet right now and combine them into the character of Peter yeah. Isherwell. He was good. Uh, so good. Um, and of course, I gotta gotta mention because I have a drink. I'm drinking after him. Timothy Chalamet. I fucking love fingerling potatoes. Yeah, I was- fucking <laughs> love fingerling potatoes. He's like, I would like to buy these glasses. <laughs> yeah, he was good. Do you see that? So interview? good. I guess he was like, he improvised. All this shit. I guess everything. Leo, I guess like, like Leo every, never every laughed line. harder on set. He was dying at Chalamet, which uh, is hilarious and also very relatable. Being a thirty-six-year-old man, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chalamet was was very good in this. Very good. It's kind of like you know watching the uh, young guys in our office. It's just <laughs> I don't even know the words that are coming out of your mouth. They're making me laugh. Yep. Yep. All right, man. So that was my number five. We are at your number four right now. So we're getting into the heavy hitters, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, no Time to Die is my mm. number four. Did a whole episode on this one. Uh, if you've seen it, go back, listen to that one. Uh, if you haven't, go watch it, then go listen to it. The My overall synopsis of this movie, you know, it's Daniel Craig's final James Bond movie. It's not mm. his best, but it's a great ending it's a fantastic ending to an era of bond which in my mind is the best era of bond with daniel craig um mm-hmm. he's got two movies that are better than this i think um yeah in casino royale and, and skyfall but right. this movie did exactly what it needed to um it's not perfect but it is very very good my problem with it is mostly villain related um <laughs> <laughs> but I do think, although it's not his best, this is the best Daniel Craig performance you'll see. He's he's great as Bond in this movie. And uh Oh yeah, he's perfect. Wraps up the franchise great. Um loved it. No time to die. I still get the feels when I think about it, you know. I do too. Very emotional ending. Um I yep. had some friends uh text me the other day, they were watching it and they're like, What the fuck? What? <laughs> when they watched the ending. Um but yeah, I, I really recommend it, uh, as particularly if you followed along with the, the Craig series. Right, uh, no, exactly. No Tam to Die is a good wrap-up for the Craig era. No, no Tam to Die. It's a good Billie Eilish right there. <laughs> she just won, she won the Golden Globe for the song. I think we talked about that. We thought she might we win did. an Oscar. She won the Golden yeah. Globe, yeah. That's good. That's awesome for her. Um. Uh, good, good pick for number four. I actually thought this would be higher on your list, but we'll talk about that later. Um, my number four is one we have not talked about. Uh, the last duel. Ooh, you liked it this much? 
I really liked it, but yeah, wow. I liked it this much. Yeah. Um, can I just tell you, like, how much I love historical dramas? Yeah. Like, you don't even understand. Yeah. Like, if Jamie's like, okay, we can watch any movie tonight, it's like 8.30, I'm like, fuck it, I'm gonna watch, like, just something I love. I'm putting in Master and Commander. <laughs> Yeah. Like seriously, yeah. that is like the level of how much I love. Yeah. Um. This is a. I know Ridley Scott's a dick, and I'm 100% gonna agree with anybody that says that. Uh, came out in October, theater only, because Ridley Scott was so adamant about it. Um, produced, written by uh, both Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Um. Some this is a historical drama based in France in the 14th century uh, about two men who um, are fighting over basically the same woman. One of them uh, in this scenario uh, supposedly raped the wife of another who has been uh, who is Matt Damon's character. Um, and you see the storyline based on each of the three characters' yeah. point of view, right? So we see each of those stories played out, um, but it is shot in the viewpoint of each of those characters, right? So Matt Damon's story is very centric around him. The truth, quote unquote, is his perception of what happened. Adam Driver, who is the other character in this movie, is a different perception of what happened. And then finally, who I will give major props to, uh, amazing actress, Jodie Comer, her perception, which is actually the truth. Put her in every movie. She is so good. She is amazing. She is this so was good. an amazing role. <laughs> amazing role. Um, I really enjoyed this movie too. I I actually had it in my ten and took it out once I wow once really I had Zola once yeah. I saw Zola I took it out unfortunately but I really really liked it. Um, it was way better than I thought. I actually kind of had low expectations for it. Yeah. Um, but really enjoyed it. I liked. Affleck and Comer mm -hmm. specifically. Um, mm -hmm. Affleck is the the you know comedic relief in the movie here and there when we he is, it. and I, yeah. I liked the relationship between him and Adam Driver's uh, Legree yeah. character. Yeah, the Damon is just not my favorite. I, I'm just Damoned out. I think I, I I would agree with you on. I that. just don't. I don't know, man. I, the last couple I've, I've seen him like in this movie, I thought Driver. And Comer acted circles around him. Ford versus Ferrari. Mm. I thought Bale was fucking acting in circles around him. Mm. I just, I don't know, man. I, I'm. Do you I, think he was in the movie only because he wrote it? I mean, I thought he would be good in this too because, like, I think his best roles, and we've talked about this, are like when he's a fucking snake, like talented yeah. Mr. Ripley departed. Like, I right. think that's what he's really good at. And that's mm -hmm. kind of what he was here. And I just, uh, yeah, but you didn't find that out until like three quarters of the way into the movie. Yeah. You, Did you realize like he was a fucking snake? Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, 
Yeah, because you get his perspective first, where he's Mr. Honorable right. and all this, and really he's a fucking scumbag too. But um, mm-hmm. we weren't going to ruin too much. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I really liked it too. I, I I did really like it. It's still yeah. video on demand. I think now you got to pay for it. Um, yes. Yeah. yeah, you can watch it now. Um, I think it's only a rental fee of four ninety nine, which is one of those things Will and I were running into, where you still got to pay twenty dollars or twenty five dollars to watch a movie. Yep. But just pretend like you're at the movie theaters, but you're at your house. Yep. That's it. That's it. All right. So we are at our number three top pick of 2021. And we're going to start with Will. Now we can All talk right. about Shang-Chi and Legend of the Ten Rings. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, it's my number three. Mm-hmm. I limited myself to two Marvel movies on this list. I... So appreciate that Eternals <laughs> should have been on this 10, this 10 list. If I was being real. Yeah. yeah. Black Widow, I probably would have left off. Uh, so I probably wouldn't have gone all four, but I think this is one of the strongest movie years in Marvel history. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. particularly with two, I have on my list and this mm-hmm. is the first of the two. Um, okay. so Shang-Chi is, and they're two very different movies. Because one is a character I knew a lot about, and one is a character mm. I knew nothing about. And one mm. is a... I'm sure you can put together what movie I'm talking about. One is a <laughs> wrap-up of a decade plus, 20 years worth of sure. movies. One sure. is a pure origin story. Um, mm. And this movie blew me away. I have saw mm-hmm. it four times in theaters, I think. I don't know the last time I've seen a movie that many times in That's theaters. That's a lot, dude. Probably, yeah. probably Dark Knight maybe is the last time I saw a movie sure. that many times in theaters. Yeah, yeah. I think I only saw Endgame three times. Um, I really, really love this movie. It's got so much heart. It's got so much humor. Um, it's got so much good action. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got one of my, if not my favorite performance of the year is Tony Leung. So good. Uh, Wenwu in this movie is mm-hmm. might be my favorite performance of the year. Um, I know it was on your list earlier. What number did you have it at? Uh, seven. Seven. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think about Shang-Chi? We have oh, a whole, I mean, I a whole episode about this one too. Yeah. Whole episode about it, but just kind of like wrap it in a beautiful Shang-Chi bow. Like, uh, just a great movie. I loved this movie. Um, we had talked about it in just glowing reviews. I related it to Rumble in the Bronx or the Police Story uh, with Jackie Chan in it. I I love the throwback to the old martial arts movies. Even um, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon was yeah. an influence of this movie. Um, loved it. Loved loved it. Loved the Chinese influence. Um, it definitely made me laugh hilariously because of uh, Aquafina in it. And um, Kingsley too, hilarious with ben Morris. Kingsley yeah. with his Morris yeah. dude. Like please be in more movies. Um but yeah, I love this movie. Yeah, uh, so good. Uh Shang-Chi again, uh Disney Plus, uh like I said you can watch it on the uh, IMAX enhanced, which is awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. It's my number three. Wow, number three. Um, so we are in the top three right now, which means that we are going to hit some heavy hitters. And I definitely want to reserve any conversation that we have uh, 
for the person that loves the movie more. So I'm going to relinquish discussion on number three for me because it is Spider-Man No Way Home, uh, December John Watts theater only. We haven't mentioned this movie yet, and we won't from this point until we mention it again. Seeing right through me. All right, so I guess... uh Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll we'll save that one. I'll talk about my number two movie first. Mm-hmm. Yep, which is uh, Last Night in Soho. Holy shit! This was really far up on your list, man. I adore this movie. I always find wow these last couple years. I always have these movies that are borderline Oscar. They're not right there. Like Knives Out mm. was probably my favorite movie, uh, you know, a couple years ago, and this is right up there. If only Spider-Man got pushed a couple weeks, it would be my favorite movie of the year. <laughs> um, directed by Edgar Wright. Uh, yep. It's about an aspiring fashion designer who mysteriously is able to travel to the 1960s um, where Lucky. she kind of transfers her personality into a club singer. Mm-hmm. Um I can't really talk about this movie too much. You need to see it. You um, don't need to give too much away. No, I don't want to give anything away. Um, mm-hmm. Honestly, I'll leave it at that. Um, it's a thriller. Uh, it is a on-the-edge-of-your-seat psychological thriller. Mm-hmm. Um, Thomason McKenzie, who um, is great, a great young actress, is the main character, Eloise. Um, if you've seen Jojo Rabbit, which is one of my favorite movies the last couple of years, uh, she's in that. Um, mm-hmm. And then you have, I mean, our newfound love, Wayne and I cannot stop talking about Anya Taylor-Joy. Uh, uh, hard yeah. eye emojis like you wouldn't believe. Mm-hmm. Um, just floating. Uh, just floating in yeah. the air with hard eye emojis. This is just a very unique movie. Um, I mentioned it, you know, when I think it was you, Sean, and I had the conversation about every movie's a popcorn movie, every movie's a popcorn movie, which I yeah. get, but there's also great movies being made that are original stories, and and this is one of them, and I was blown away by it. Uh, highly recommend it. Last Night in Soho is my number two movie of the year. Good pick. Did you have any standout performances in this movie? I, it's both the two girls. I can't pick one or the other. They're both so great. Um, mm. Thomas and Mackenzie and Anya Taylor-Joy. Um, Mackenzie's more of the lead. Taylor-Joy's more of... Uh, I can't kind of get into their characters almost even. I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> We're not going to talk about since it. since you haven't seen it, uh, you know, I won't right. go too deep into it. But absolutely love this movie. Um, highly recommend it. Great. It's By still the way, this video is on demand. $20. Yeah, $20. Yeah, $20. Yeah, you got yeah, $20 to rent. Yeah. Which Some, has been the only reason that I have not <laughs> gone yeah. forward. It's a big twist movie. movie, right? That's all I'll leave it at. Yeah. There's twists that you probably won't see. I didn't see coming. Lauren gets mm. mad at me because I call twists all the time. I did not see this one coming. It's great. Good for Lauren yep. in this one. Um. All right. Great pick, man. Uh, we're going to go to my number two, which we have discussed already, which is No Time to Die. Nice. Yeah. Um, this was my number two movie of the year. Uh, loved it. Loved the homage to Daniel Craig. Loved the homage to his story of James Bond and wrapping it up for the year. Check our episode out on uh, No Time to Die. 
So that was my number two. We are down to our number ones. Okay. Um, Spider-Man No Way Home is my favorite movie of the year. Honestly, this didn't even... I didn't really have to think about this one. I love Spider-Man No Way Home. What was your favorite part about this movie? Uh, You know, our... Not only do we have an episode about it, I think it's our last episode before this. Yep. Um, the Garfield, Maguire, Holland scenes yeah. are so good. Willem Dafoe is so good. They did everything right with this movie, with high expectations, mm. with juggling an enormous cast and an enormous amount of stories to tell. They still somehow made this Massive cast. They still somehow made this Tom yeah. Holland's best work. I can't believe that the character. It's just amazing. It's a right? great job by John Watts. Like we said, is mm-hmm. his first first director to complete a full Marvel trilogy in the MCU, and all three movies hit. This one easily the best, and I can't believe they pulled this one off. And it's now going to be. One of the two or three most successful movies of all time, box office wise, in a pandemic, which is nuts. And I, it, I'm nuts. telling you, it's going to get nominated for an Oscar. They yeah, want Colin I mean, to host I, now. I think it's going to get a Best Picture now. I really do. It's going to get. I hope it, it does. I hope it does because maybe that breaks the mold of. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm. Movies are different now. They are, but the, they're they're very different. different. And they're the fact different. that like these movies are not stupid and silly anymore like they're no i mean we can't we can't put these on the outside of this like ring that we've put around these like oh these are artsy movies these are movies with depth these are movies with depth yeah they have depth they have longevity i mean we're talking about really really solid storylines solid acting solid of course, you're gonna, you know, nominate it for graphics or sound, yeah, or, which they all are, know, yeah. whatever those shit. Yeah, but I mean, we're talking like let's bring it into the best acting category or even best supporting actor. We talked about Willem Dafoe being yeah. best supporting, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a this is a Tom Holland in an interview. Um, he says, "You can ask Scorsese. Would you want to make a Marvel movie? Well, he doesn't know what it's like because he's never made one." Um. I've made Marvel movies and I've also made movies that have been in the conversation in the world of Oscars. And the only difference really is one is much more expensive than the other. But the way I break down the character, the way the director etches out the arc of the story and the characters, it's all the same, just done on a different scale. So I do think they're real art. And then he's, he continues to go on to say, I mean, you can ask also Benedict Cumberbatch or Robert Downey Jr. or Scarlett Johansson. People have made these kinds of movies that are oscar worthy and i've also made super movies and they would say the same thing and absolutely i know i've harped on this a lot but i just think we need to get out of our own fucking asses about oscar movies and it's not just marvel like there's a lot a lot of great quote-unquote popcorn movies and dune is dune is a very interesting one because it's kind of in that middle ground right it is very artsy you got a big artsy director Mm -hmm. vel dini vel and um but I do think that we need to change the way we look at the world of Oscars for sure. I agree. I agree with you. You know, I mean, I think we've been kind of like trapped in this world of, like you said, of, of Oscars. And 
the movies that fall into these quote unquote perimeters that make an Oscar worthy movie. Right. Yeah. Like you mentioned Martin Scorsese. He was completely against, he's completely against Marvel movies. Yeah. He doesn't, he's, you know, doesn't know them, doesn't want them. And I think there's like this, like disconnect with people that don't understand the background of it. Like for you and me, I could say like, I was, I was thinking about this one when I was watching No Way Home. Like, Spider-Man, to me, I grew up this skinny, tall nerd who loved science, who loved, you know, like, animation and film, who didn't fit in where I was. Had the hots for some redhead, and yeah. <laughs> of course I had the hot yeah. for some redhead who, you know, like, didn't wear a bra in the rain. <laughs> All those good things. Yep. But like, that was a person that I idolized. Spider-Man and Peter Parker was a person that I idolized. And there's a, there's so many relatable characters in so many in, in all of these popcorn movies. And I think that's why they've really resonated. And I think what's the big issue here is that they're upset because non- Original stories are not doing well in the box office, right? Yeah. Yeah. Marvel can't control what other people, what other movies people go see. Like, I, well, you can't pick up a No Way Home comic book. Exactly. But, like, this is what I'm saying is like a movie like Last Night in Soho, which I clearly love. Mm. I mean, it made some money, but it didn't do great. That's not Marvel's fault. It's the audience's no. fault. Or it's, hey, you didn't make an uh, intriguing enough movie or didn't market it well enough. And they are hating on it because of that, um, and that shouldn't even that shouldn't even be the theater like a stipulation. The quality that shouldn't even be. Yeah, but the, you spend your whole life saying, "Hey, like box office numbers don't determine the quality of the movie." Yes, mm-hmm. I agree. So you can make your art and all this, and just because this movie makes a billion dollars doesn't make it a masterpiece, but also doesn't make it not art either. Exactly. It, it's, it doesn't. It's it works both ways. Yeah, you yeah. can't say that a piece of art can't be a blockbuster, and then in the same sense, say that a blockbuster can't be a piece of art. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, Black Panther got nominated for Best Picture, and rightfully so that year. Um, this is the most deserving one since I, and really, and I'm not. I actually think I can't think of another one that maybe should have been nominated, maybe Endgame, but I, I'm fine with Endgame not being nominated. Yeah. This deserves to be nominated. I would have said Winter Soldier, but I get that because it's still more of like an action. Sure. Relies on action a little bit too much, maybe at yeah, times. Yeah. This, like Black Panther, should be nominated. And uh, it's my favorite I movie. I mean, you imagine, like, there are hundreds of people that go into making a movie. Being the director, imagine the task you had set before you when you had to bring all of these Spider-Mans, this character arc of three movies, two movies, and then two movies already that you have directed together and make the storyline cohesive, make the visuals cohesive, make everything awesome 
while still maintaining that Tom Holland still his storyline. Yeah, it's still his movie, and it, and uh, it's a task, man. It's a task. Hats off to John Watts, who you know I talked about on Spider Man episode. Uh, I'll end it there. We've talked enough Spider Man, I think. But, uh, <laughs> All right, so that was Will Martin's number one was Spider Man. So we are going to talk about my number one, which is obvious. I mean, right? Like, Will, you know what this is. Dune. Dude, Dune. Dune. Um, it's a cinematic masterpiece. No big deal. Um, <laughs> DV directed it. My favorite movie of the year by far. It's been my favorite movie in many years. Uh, loved it. Can't wait for the second one to come out. And uh, yeah, uh, uh, we wrap up the uh, the trio of Timothy Chalamet movies this year. Yeah, did you have? Yeah, you had all three in your list, right? I did all three. Yeah, yeah. I had Dispatch and and uh, Dune, but yeah, like I said, Dune Dune has grown on me. I didn't hate it when it came out. Right. I still, you know, like we talked about earlier, I still have a couple issues, but I, I'm really excited for the next one and. Uh, and uh, to see where the story goes, because I don't really know, uh, unlike <laughs> you. Um, I haven't read the books or anything like that, but uh, I'm excited for the next one. And uh, yeah, it's like I said, it's grown on me and uh, definitely recommend some repeat viewing of Dune if you were lukewarm on it the first yeah, time. Yeah, like I, I totally agree with you on that. Um, you know, I mean, I mentioned the second time I watched it, it was on HBO Max uh, yeah. and uh, loved it even more then. So it was. Yeah, you get a particularly for like a non-book reader like yeah. the second time watching it you don't have to like you can really just sit back and enjoy it. you mm -hmm. don't have to be like oh who's this person right. and whose house is he in and and all this you just kind of it's it flows a lot better because right. you understand it and uh so yeah definitely a, a movie i i recommend repeat viewing but no surprise on spider-man and dune i guess uh, it's not really yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, well, that was our top 10 for 2021, guys. Um, let us know what your top 10 is. Let us know what your number one was. And if we missed any on the list, uh, we are going to drop our bottom of the barrels uh, for the year of 2021. So, Will, what you got? What was your worst movie of 2021? I actually had probably like a harder time <laughs> deciding I know, between same. <laughs> all of these than I did on the uh, uh, the the best movies of the year. Um, just so everyone knows, I'm not a total Marvel sucker. <laughs> not everything is good. Uh, I'm gonna go with Venom. Let there be carnage as the worst oh. movie I saw this year. Uh, I didn't really like the first one, but it was fine. Um, yeah, you know, I'd probably give it a C, C minus on sure. the first one. Yeah, this one just got so much worse. Um, what were your the, What were your big complaints with it? What was the? It, it's got to be like the worst script ever. The dialogue is so Oof. bad and cheesy, and it's like it's so bad that it's not even like because this Ven these Venom movies are supposed to be a little bit more campy and yeah, gimmicky than yeah. the others, and I get that. But it's still so bad. Yeah. Um, it's like I walked out of that movie and like, what the fuck did I just watch? It's super short too. It's like an hour and like 
30 minutes. Oh, I think. wow. Uh, yeah. Um, Woody Harrelson is not good in it. And I love Woody Harrelson. <laughs> um, I do actually really like Tom Hardy and I do like him in the role. He's like the one saving grace of, of Venom. And I think even the MCU is kind of seeing that now and kind of using them a little bit. And, yeah, but, yeah. um, yeah, there's another villain shriek. Um, Oh yeah. Played by, yeah. The girl plays money penny in the bond movies plays her. Yeah. Uh, and she's awful. Uh, it, it just is such a clunky, weird, awful movie. Um, if you like the first one, you'll like it more than I do. But I think everyone I've talked to who even liked the first one likes the first one a lot better than this second installment. But yeah, yeah, it was yeah. a hit. I mean, it made a lot of money. I, we're definitely going to get a Venom 3. I'll Holy tell you that. Holy crap. <laughs> um, and I'm a fan of the character. And sure. like I said, I think Tom Hardy plays him great. I love Tom Hardy. Um, I do think it's possible to be good in bad movies. Um, uh-huh. I just watched, uh, the tender bar, which I, especially after letting it sit a little bit, mm-hmm. I did not really like too much, but I think at the same time, like Ben Affleck could win an Oscar for it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. there's just, uh, you know, you can be good in bad movies and that's the case with Tom Hardy here. Cause he's not just good in a bad movie. He's good in an absolutely terrible movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I had a hard time. Ghostbusters, I hated. Green Knight, I hated. <laughs> um, Space Jam was absolutely awful. Oh, the yeah, new yeah, yeah. Space Jam was terrible. And uh, Jungle Cruise is also on my list. As much as I love The Rock, that was... Uh, oh. Oof. Brutal. Yeah. Uh, brutal movie. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go with Venom, just so everyone knows I'm not a total Marvel <laughs> comic sucker. Venom was just so bad. Good call. Let there be carnage. Let there not be carnage ever again. Just let him yes. die. Die off. Um, yeah, man, that was the same for me for Bottom of the Barrel. I had a hard time choosing one. Um, and initially I was going to put Ghostbusters Afterlife on there. And it wasn't because I just absolutely hated it. It was because it was a big disappointment. Um, yeah. But if I'm going strictly just bad movies that... I had a hard time watching. Um, I had a, uh, <clears throat> I have a little bit of a guilty pleasure watching uh, Army of the Dead, and uh, I tried watching uh, the Army of Thieves, which is basically the one right after that, uh, yeah. based on the the same German uh, locksmith character. Uh, it had a pretty good cast in it. I really liked his character um, in Army of the Dead, and I absolutely love. Uh, Natalie uh, Emmanuel uh, from Game of Thrones. Yeah, Masande. Yes. And, uh, but this movie was god awful. And uh, the script was bad. And I could see through everyone's acting within 10 minutes of the movie. And that automatically turns me off. Um, so this was a hard one to get through. Uh, and it was kind of a guilty pleasure in the beginning anyway. But, uh, I'm going to go with Army of Thieves as my bottom of the barrel. So there's Army of the Dead and Army of Thieves. Mm-hmm. Are they both Zack Snyder? Um, Army of Thieves is not uh, Zack Snyder. Directed. It's directed by the guy that plays um, the the locksmith in it. Matthias. I don't even. I. Sh- yeah. Schwegelhofer. 
<laughs> Schweighaver, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Okay, but the Snyder did the first. Snyder, Snyder did the, the first, first one. Yeah, and I, okay. I I actually enjoyed that movie. It was stupid, and that's the one with Batista. Yeah, yeah Batista. Yeah, Batista's okay. in it. Yeah, I didn't see either. I, they're not particularly up my alley. So yeah, yeah. I I totally trust your judgment on this <laughs> one of it being the worst of the year. Yeah, um, yeah. Army of Thieves. Army of Thieves. Um. All right, guys. So that was 2021 for Will and I. We are going to be talking on our next episode about upcoming uh, movies for 2022 and what we're looking forward to. So uh, make sure you guys drop us a comment. Let us know what you think. Give us your top 10 movies of 2021 and any movies you're looking forward to for 2022. And we'll see y'all next time on Cocktails and Scenes. Cheers, Will. Sounds good. Cheers, guys.